0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. You know where you're at by now. We've done a couple of these. It's how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb with myself, Lauren Hutton, and my co-host,
1: Luke Fagenbush. You know, we got a wild one (laughs) today for you folks.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, You know, one day I'm going to introduce you at the top of this thing and you're not going to stutter like you forgot your own name
1: no it's gonna be so much worse (laughs) it's gonna be here's my co-host Luke fate what I it's
0: (laughs) (laughs) we had Gwen Sunkel on the show is that how you say her last name Sunkel yes she is a delight she's so much fun to talk to where's she from again she an Indiana
1: comic Indianapolis yes she works a lot with the sunday show a lot of stuff there good stuff oh yeah isn't that done at black circle uh black circle brewing i think the sinking ship they do a lot of stuff there which great bar if you're into that after you know stuff (laughs) then (laughs) i'm sure they need your patronage
0: oh everyone needs your patronage (laughs) what about those wallets we're in a pandemic get the economy going again
1: yeah, we need to set up a Patreon, speaking of.
0: I just got demoted and took a pay cut, so we definitely need to do that what? whole thing. Yeah, it's, it was a whole thing. Made a mistake at work, and then my boss was like, we're going to put you in charge of not management. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And I I honestly, I can't wait to make her think that she should have fired me.
2: <laughs> well,
1: if it, if it makes a difference, though, you got a promotion in our hearts. Aww. And depending on how much people get on this Patreon, that could translate to a pay raise, listeners. If- True, we're not
0: trying to guilt you guys, but...
1: We're not saying jump on the Patreon now, because it's not going to be ready by the time we release this episode. <laughs> but sit on it, keep an eye out, set aside a little bit, maybe put a little bit back each month. <laughs> it's a good Christmas present for us... <laughs> Oh man, Gwynne Sunkel. Yeah,
0: let's get back to the point. Gwen Sunkel, what an amazing guest. Uh, you know, we keep talking about how this show isn't just uh, you know, referencing comedians. But we
1: only know comedians. That's.
0: I I know my mom. She's not funny.
1: Yeah, I would I would vet her out. I'm not saying no right now, but <laughs> her ringing endorsement was she's not very funny. So. <laughs>
0: yeah but Gwen is super funny she's one of my favorite comics and she actually has experience on stage doing things that aren't comedy which which is very fascinating you know
1: yeah in the theater she was a she was a thespian before she was a comedian
0: doing all kinds of the thesps is that what they call themselves
1: yeah I think so I think that's theater parlance
0: yep we are the thesps <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in addition to that, she also um, she, she works in, in healthcare, you know? Yes.
1: And after the episode, I found out exactly where in healthcare and felt awful.
0: Yeah, yeah. She was talking about how she likes to tell jokes to her patients to brighten their day. And uh, you were just being incredibly insufferable and insensitive.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, before I found out what it was, it seemed funny to... <laughs> Say that the jokes she gave us gave them cancer again. Right, right. Little did you know. She actually works in hospice.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure a lot of stuff was flashing through her her memory when she heard that. But <laughs> yeah, she did theater too. And that right. wasn't, an, I, I didn't deride that and bring back awful memories. Oh,
0: well, you know, the one. Just that one. But yeah, she she performed for a condom fashion show? Not exactly what it sounds like. I mean, no, we definitely had a lot of... Uh, it brings a very visceral imagery, uh, but that's not what it was at all. You'll find out all about that and how she got roped into doing 30 minutes to a bunch of people that, that were not prepared or willing to listen to
1: her. She's super funny. Uh, look her up if you're in Indi- Indianapolis or if you're dying, maybe... Check her up because she will guide you into the next realm, with the love of a mother.
0: <laughs> Did you say she will ride you into the next realm? No,
1: that's awful. I said she will guide you. That's a much Why better would, sentiment. That's not what hosp. What do you think hospice is?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just have you been trying to catch a fatal disease? You're like, this sounds all right. That's right, baby. I'm gonna get ridden into the next realm. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm sure that that's that's a tab on Pornhub somewhere.
1: (laughs) Hospice
0: worker. (laughs) Right? Right. Cancer patient into the next realm. He came to death. (laughs) (laughs) We all hope to go in a similar way. Oh, man. But seriously, thank you guys so much for listening. This was a fun episode to do. Gwen was a treat. Um, and Luke Luke was awkward and stammering and it was just it was all of the things that you come (laughs) to expect from this show uh Like, like, like and review. Uh, we're on iTunes now. We, I can say that officially because it's like an official thing. We're totally on.
1: Oh, were we on iTunes now? We are on iTunes. Didn't I tell you so hot off the press that I didn't even know?
0: (laughs) You see how Luke and I communicate really well about the things going on with this show? (laughs) We are on top of it, baby. But yeah, like a hospice worker. Rate and review the show. If you're having a good time, let us know about it. Follow us on Instagram. We have one of those now, too.
1: What? Oh, no, I made that one. So I knew that. (laughs) Like
0: us on Instagram. (laughs) Review us on iTunes. uh, Contribute. You know, just take that little nest egg you're setting aside for the Patreon and dump it in whenever we announce that. It's going to be a great time. We will not waste your money. I promise. I might. Well, we've already talked about buying burner phones and sending them to our guests. (laughs) We might waste your money. Who knows? For ease
1: of recording.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy the episode, guys. You didn't do that already? You didn't already already hit play? Uh, We
1: can go back and edit that in if that's ideal.
0: Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna. I want this to feel as organic as possible. I want everyone to know that I don't want any evidence that we could possibly be in the same room as each hey, other. You know that's what? a bad I news bear situation our right there. To
1: just be us talking while, while our guest sits there and listens awkwardly. That would be ideal. So let's I thought just, that's oh, wait, what we were doing. That's is the, that what we're doing? That's the theme of the podcast. <laughs> we just keep cutting her off. And talking about nothing
0: until I think I think we could accomplish that. I mean we could do that for 160 minutes, oh, for right? Sure. Gwen, are you good with that?
3: It's, is that how long the pod?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luke didn't tell you. We're gonna roll for two days and we're gonna edit it down to the best clips. It's
1: gonna be about five minutes long. <laughs>
3: Far be it for me to tell anyone how to create their
1: thought- <laughs> <laughs> And we expect you not to for the entirety of us talking, so we'll just do that and... Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing now that we have got that out of the way?
3: <laughs> I'm doing great, man, I'm doing great. Uh, uh, today is the one-year anniversary of the Sunday show at Black Circle Brewing, so we've got a... A cool show happening tonight in Indianapolis. Excited about that. And uh, yeah. Oh,
1: that is awesome. Hell yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Who's on
1: that show? You've been running that for a while, right?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, Rocket Ship and the Sunday show have been happening for nine years, but we've been at this, um, our current location at Black Circle for one year now. Um, we're going to, the show's going to be headlined by the Redneck You Love to Hate front turn <laughs>
1: I recently saw him jump on the uh, community podcast doing his Instagram thing. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah uh, that's, he He will be there tonight. He's really blowing up, and I love it so much for him. Like You can get a cameo now of him. Like. Oh, snap. <laughs>
0: how much is it how much is it
3: i think it's like 40 bucks maybe
0: (laughs) i mean that's totally worth it for that guy i would pay 40 bucks for that dude just to say some nice things for two minutes you better believe it
3: yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) were you on rocket ship like nine years ago when you guys started out was that
3: no i've only been doing comedy for about five years. really yeah, I'm later to the game. It's
0: not reflected by by seeing you on the stage. You look like you've been comfortable up there for at least the last thirty five years, uh, at least.
3: Well, I'm glad I am that off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I um, did Luke give you the rundown on like you know what we do here, how we handle things, just how generic and hacky this uh, entire podcast is.
3: No, I'm, I'm coming in coming in blind. I think she got it oh, from even uh, better
1: from the context, at least the hackiness and all of
0: that. <laughs> yeah, about that uh yeah so just to fill you in this is a this is a podcast about bombing that's all we do we okay. just talk to, to comics and performers about you know times that they've just ate it on stage um and you've been you know you say you've been doing this for about five years i'm sure you've got plenty of of tales of woe and worry
3: oh yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs>
0: i mean we all do we're all i mean I, I, i'll speak for luke and i we're terrible so i mean we have plenty of those yeah. fun times have
1: been and still <laughs> am <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what consistency is the key to success in this business
0: mm-hmm. hey yeah. i'm see look at that you call it a business yeah. that's that's so nice bombing it's consistently
1: nice... especially yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs>
3: You got to know what not to right.
0: do. Right. You got to learn by, by screwing up multiple, multiple times. Yes. So when you first got on stage, when when were you like, uh, when when okay, yeah. When did you decide that you wanted to get on stage and try and be funny on purpose in front of strangers?
3: Uh. So I had always kind of grown up doing a lot of performance stuff, um, but more like music performance, like singing and, and things like that. Uh, oh, gotcha. And some like, you know community theater school theater type things. Um, so I was already like pretty comfortable speaking in public or, you know, being on stage in front of people. Um,
1: when did that start up? Were you just like a high school musical kid?
3: Yeah. High school musical. I'm, I, I well outdate high school (laughs) uh, (laughs) music by many, many years. Um, but yeah, more started like, um, even younger than that, like in elementary school and stuff. Uh, oh, like, wow. Like, um, a lot of it was related to like uh, church and um, school type performances. I so. can
0: relate with that kind of a background. Uh, there were many times that there were women in, in my church uh, family that had they. I was known for being the kid that everybody wanted to do uh, something in like the performance structure, oh, but I didn't yeah. want to have anything to do with it. And so they would bribe me with like transformers and stuff. It was a good time.
3: Did they need you to play like um, little child of Galilee or something like a bunch? Or... No, it
0: was it was like. <sighs> It was more of a situation where I would commit to being, like, you know, an integral part of the show, mm-hmm. and then I would let the, the rehearsal time get so close to, like, the performance weekend, and then just decide that I didn't want to do it anymore. And they'd be like, well, will you please? Because no one can <laughs> learn your lines in enough time at this point. Like, we're kind of locked in. This thing's, like, seven days away. And I'd be like, well, what's in it for me? And yeah, I would just play, play that up as hard as I could.
1: Wait out for The Optimus Prime i never
0: got the optimus prime i always gave in the moment that because i mean first it would be like well we'll buy you two legos (laughs) they be like you can't do anything with two legos and then you know they would upsell to like we'll buy you a star scream and i'm like okay fine i'll do it
3: for starscream wow you gotta be turning (laughs) down a a lot of parts to be getting enough legos to do anything (laughs)
0: So when did that transition from like, you know, musical performance and, and church and school plays and things to like you, you, th- you thinking that you had something to say that people wanted to hear with just you and a microphone?
3: Oh uh, yeah. So, um, after I got out of my full-time job, so I work as a nurse practitioner, um, and okay. be a, a registered nurse and I worked nights. Um, so it was really hard to commit to being like in any kind of Organize, performance, anything, because uh, you like, you know, can't be like in a choir in a play when you work, you know, three or four nights a right. week. So once I um, like finished grad school and stopped working nights full time, uh, I just had like a lot more time on my hands, obviously. And I was like, I want to give this a try more because I like, I, I was really, I just really enjoy writing. Um, and so it was a good challenge to be like, okay, I have to write five minutes worth of funny stuff to say out loud the first time. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: I, I started out as a writer and I don't write as much unless I have that pressure of like, okay, you need to say something to a room full of people because you're making yourself do it. And (laughs) yeah, no, you need five
3: minutes. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it made me it gave me something to, like, um, do a little bit of writing every day. Right.
1: So you remember your first time on stage?
3: I do. Yeah, I did the open mic at Crackers Comedy Club in Indianapolis, the one in Broad Ripple. Uh, It's closed now, but um, yeah.
1: Doing your first time, like, at an actual comedy club seems so intimidating to me. I just found, like, the smallest bar open mic I could. And it's like, okay, five people in a room. I can do this.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it was. Um, At the time, you also had to, like, bring a bunch of people. So, like, several, uh, I had, like, you know, nine or ten people there to see me, which was... (laughs) So, like, why anyone wants to go see anyone do stand-up their first time, I will never know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's usually terrible. Oh, it's so
0: bad. It's always so bad the first time. But And yet, your friends are so excited to they see are. you get up there and try. They're
3: excited to see you try. That's right. When I first started, like, I didn't, I wasn't. I didn't know a ton about you know some of these little bar mics that you could go to where I could be like okay I could go try this and get my feet
2: wet. Oh,
1: right, you always assume you show up at a club and after you go five oh. times they're like hey you want a headline?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I think I do a little better than that, but yeah.
1: <laughs> so were they were they supportive when you brought them? Were they they clapping and cheering?
3: Yeah, absolutely. They they all really enjoyed it, and I mean I am a trying to say like i'm some sort of you know comedic (laughs) genius but like i've always been kind of a cut up and a class you know the class clown and like had a pretty good sense of humor um could make people laugh even you know before i started doing stand-up oh yeah so even though you know my very first stand-up set ever wasn't like great or noteworthy like it was still, one, I speak well enough in front of people that, you know. It was, right, got
1: that theater experience behind you.
3: But yeah, and then, you know, write well enough that they were maybe not the most original jokes, but somewhat in it.
1: Right, so the first time I wasn't a bomb. Oh, Oh, no. that, that's great, because that can crush your spirit before you even start. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I think if I had gone to one of those, like, five-person bar mics, that might have been, like, the last time i did it <laughs> if no if, if nobody was laughing at something that is probably at least a little bit funny i don't know
1: the- but it's <laughs> i remember the first time i went up it was a uh, chameleon in Northside side in cincinnati um and it was andrew rudick who was running it and i was so nervous i did my f- carefully timed out five minutes in 30 seconds and then I go off, <laughs> I step off stage and he's like, yeah, I feel like we'd had something to do with that. And no, I was sober.
3: <laughs> totally, totally.
0: Oh, man.
3: Yeah, it's it's amazing how fast that the time goes by. So
0: fast. So fast. Did you actually fill your five minutes your first time up there, Gwen? So
3: I... If I'm remembering correctly, it only had three, like, the crackers. If it's your very first time going up, you get three minutes, and then subsequently you get six minutes. So I did fill, like, my whole three minutes. Um, there you but. go.
0: So how long did it take you to bomb? Like, when was your first experience when you were just like, oh, no, this is what happens when no one likes you?
3: Uh, <laughs> was, oh, I had an experience where I bombed probably... I don't know, six months or so after that.
1: Well, six months of a hot streak is pretty good.
3: I That's don't call it a hot streak. <laughs> like, there's a difference between being not good and.
0: <laughs> truth, truth.
3: Um, but so, uh, one of the like, uh, in addition to doing comedy, I I like I host a lot of events like, uh, drag shows, uh, chili cook-off, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, baby kissing contests. <laughs> well,
1: you know, I've achieved a level oh, Hold of- on, is that a real thing? <laughs> oh, please, please. oh, you crushed me.
0: We're about to make it a real thing. Oh my God. Baby kissing contest.
3: I want to see this baby the fucking best.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the COVID edition of the baby kissing contest. Step <laughs> right up.
0: <laughs> Two sets of judges one judging the kissers, one judging the babies. There's trophies all around. And the we protesters have to do
1: judging us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Only Judy can judge us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I need that on
0: a t-shirt.
3: <laughs> I think you I think you can get it.
0: <laughs> so what happened at that first bomb?
3: So so the very first like big big bomb that I had was, um that I had got asked to come down to Bloomington and host um the condom Fashion show. <laughs> which um is a thing that they do for like safer sex week there and it's basically these clothing designers make outfits out of condoms.
1: Okay. I thought it was men with erections walking on stage <laughs> showing off condoms. So I'm I'm really <laughs> glad it was that thing.
3: They. <laughs> they rip. Um so it's the condom fashion show and one of the fraternities was putting it on. I think I don't know if there's a s- exclusively homosexual fraternity at IU or but, what it was, but, but, um, but anyway, it, it, as part of this, there was a drag show that went along with it and I was, so that's the, the part that I was hosting and this drag queen was coming in from out of town, um, to do this show, big name like has been on RuPaul's drag race and all, it, you know, the, uh, this was a very big get for me to be doing this show. Um, and the guy who I was kind of talking to, like, the liaison back and forth about this, who kept telling me, like, this is going to be no big deal. You know, you're going to you show up. I'll hand you a binder um, for, like, your notes and stuff. Um, that, that's got all the information you need in it. And then, you know, turn key up and you'll walk in and do your thing oh okay yeah problem and so i get there and i'm you know get all ready and everything and this guy is like not showing up and not showing up because he had gone airport to pick up this drag queen he was late um and then like showed up not in makeup or anything which is a, a pretty big part of being a drag queen
1: so how long before the show was that
3: she showed up as the show was supposed to be starting
1: oh
0: no oh my gosh
3: (laughs) like minimum an hour for a drag queen to get ready probably more like so they're like gonna you know they're holding the show the guy who who was running it walks up to me and hands me you know that i'm like is supposed to have all this information for me because they have, like, sponsors of the show they want me to, you know, talk about and everything, and blah, blah, blah. And he hand to God, walks up to me, and hands me an empty mother...
0: An empty binder? It, Just like nothing?
3: Like, no information in it whatsoever. <laughs> the, the binder was not, like, what I was holding the papers in was not uh, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> a clipboard uh so i don't even have there's not even like any paper or a pen in it for me to like write down notes about people so i'm seriously gathering up like scraps of paper and napkins (laughs) and like on it in in, like crayon you know just something to get putting it in this binder uh, to try to get and so eventually they're like, hey, we've got to start this show. We've you know, people have paid a lot of money for these tickets. And it wasn't just like I like IU students had paid money to see these tickets. Like again, this drag queen was very popular. People had come in from like other cities and states.
0: Um oh my god.
3: The tickets were pretty expensive. Like there was a, a ticket price that included like a of fifty dollars. So like <laughs> You know, this is not just like a show up for free and enjoy something. Like, like, people had come to, had paid to see something. And so they like send me out there and they're like, you're just going to have to stall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And I have to stall for like 30 minutes. And again, I've only been doing comedy for six months. I definitely <laughs> don't have 30 minutes of material. I right. With the imagination. Mm-hmm. So, and people were so sick of my shit at that point. <laughs> they never wanted to see me again. They were so, so done. I kept going through, like pulling out a napkin, be like, and we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Uncle Bill's Pet Supply. <laughs> so,
1: how How much material did you have at the time?
3: I don't know, maybe 10 minutes.
1: Okay, I was going to guess five based on personal experience, because that was me at six months. Five, probably m- closer to three. <laughs> but
3: Yeah, I-, I don't even know that it's 10 minutes that I do now. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you just fill it with sponsor spots? So you're like, tell a joke, 10 minutes of Petsco. <laughs>
3: trying to do like crowd work from like an auditorium stage (laughs) everybody in there just staring up at me like what i can't see anybody to be like hey you look like you're having a good time or where'd you get that shirt you know (laughs) it's just
0: a bunch of crowd work of like hey you in the dark (laughs) can you come up here so i have something to talk about (laughs)
3: Um, but then eventually she finished her hair and makeup and came out and everybody was um, really excited to see her um, and forgot that I was there. So Okay, that's good.
1: So you did what you were supposed to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that you can hope for as a host is that everyone's happy by the end of the show and they forget who you are. That's exactly. that's the dream.
3: Yeah. <laughs> You're 100% <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So, so, what happens next? Like, did that deter you from trying to, to, to do comedy in any way? Did that keep your spirits down, or did you just kind of be like, oh, that was a very weird, superficially, like, you know, fringe situation? Uh, which was it?
3: Um, so, it didn't like uninspire me from doing comedy, but it definitely, I am more prepared uh, now when I go into a gig. Um, I for sure. Bring my own binder, paper, and a pen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gotta have that binder.
3: Yeah, um, and then I'm also like better at getting information up front from people about like, you know, if I'm driving from out of town, how, you know what what is like, what is expected of me. Um, just some of the, some things like that. Um, it didn't really like take any you know fire for performing away from me because I also didn't I, I kind of felt like i was not set up to succeed in that circumstance oh absolutely yeah. what was not the
1: organizers reaction to that or are they like sorry sucks to suck uh,
3: <laughs> i mean i think at that like you know a sh- this thing was already starting like over an hour late um it was like me just being there and getting on stage was enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: They're just relieved someone showed up on time.
3: If the building is not on fire, he was going <laughs> to.
1: Oh, that's fantastic!
0: So, so flash forward. Where, when was when was your next bombing experience? Or if there's like a particular one that just sticks out in your mind that you want to jump to, by all means.
3: Oh, another good one. Um, I got like audibly booed one time.
0: Nice. Set the scene. Where are we? Uh,
3: so, um, they used to do this. Show slash competition At like a restaurant downtown Called Union 50 um, And It's a pretty swanky restaurant Like um, It is not the kind of place where I would Have a comedy show but it, They were also like on a Monday night or something So it was just kind of like an off night for them Or get some more traffic in there But yeah they would have this like Competition once a month Where the audience would You know Vote um, and
0: was the show like strictly comedy or was it more like a
3: It was strictly, strictly
0: comedy contest in yeah. a swanky-ish restaurant. Yeah, that's a great combination for success.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's in kind of the Gerberhood downtown, you know, it's like the kind of up-and-coming trendy area and stuff. So, um it you know, it very, again not the place that you want to take your dick and fart jokes, but <laughs> Here we were. <laughs> and I told a joke, about, I used to tell this joke about how um, Donald Trump is the president the same way that Crocs are shoes. Uh, <laughs> factually accurate. <laughs> and some people in the back of the bar who I guess had like come in for some sort of like work after work drinks or something and they were super conservative uh just started booing me and then (laughs) like the other side of the bar who um, like didn't know me super well but but like knew of me from coming to shows and stuff like start yelling at them so there's this like yelling match going on (laughs) You
0: you had hecklers that were, like, trying to defend you from other hecklers?
1: Yes. Counter hecklers.
3: And I was like, what's going on?
1: You just back away from the front of the stage. It...
3: Took the wind out of my sails on telling that joke so much that I don't even tell it. Well,
1: now is the time we need it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't disagree
2: with you,
1: but it's like when Batman disappeared between the second and
0: third movies. (laughs) did you ever like get the room back after
3: that or was it just a complete
0: wash from that point
3: they hated me and uh nothing to um i i could could not get them back in fact i i want to say that i went second to last and then there was another comic who like Told jokes while they were tallying the votes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to say like I it fucking ruined it for everybody. Else. <laughs> Sucked the air, I was-
1: salted the earth. That that's yeah. how you win the competition. <laughs> for other people,
3: not how you win the competition. <laughs> oh, oh.
1: So uh, how'd you do in the competition?
3: though? <laughs> not. I don't. It also happened like super early into the set. Like that's a I, <laughs> that joke does not even go in very hard. on, Like Trump's murder. no, no. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> he got off easy on that one. <laughs> I know. I, I could have
3: said stuff. I it was kind of at a point I think where people are just were just like tired of talking about politics in general uh but i'm like this isn't even political i mean
0: were there were there any people earlier in the show that were being like really heavy and political that possibly like burnt the audience out on that style of joke writing
3: no no so, no this was like the first political joke and they were not here it, for could,
0: it. it could be the swankiness
1: of the restaurant because if if it's extra swank that's the one percent those are the those are the friends of trump but I guess
3: yep. it's in like the gayest, most progressive neighborhood in Indianapolis.
1: Okay, those aren't his friends.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think these guys just like stumbled in here as some sort of like work, like work and drink thing.
1: Oh yeah, right. yeah. Come inside to get get out of the gay. That's probably their thinking.
0: They're just
3: <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, business people from out of town, and they're like, this restaurant looks cool, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, they have a thing going on. Let's go and see if the thing is worth listening to. Wait, no, she said Crocs! Boo! (laughs) Yeah, they're just booing the Crocs part. We hate Trump,
1: too, but when you compared him to our footwear, that was too far.
3: (laughs) We're all wearing them. (laughs) No. What have Crocs done to any of you?
1: (laughs) Just kept our feet comfortable and aerated that's it <laughs> you guys
2: crack oh man
0: uh no no i do not own crocs i
1: aspire to be
0: oh no. luke i know what i'm getting you for your birthday now that's convenient
1: november 14th that's crock weather
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: always croc weather, baby. <laughs>
0: Don't they have, like, plenty of, like, you know, overhead space? You can just layer up with socks. You literally can wear them any time of the year, I think.
3: Don't they make, like, some fleece-lined? If they make I
0: fleece-lined Crocs, um, I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> that is the dumbest. <laughs> no, thank you. I will check out, um, I'll, I'll go hide in a cabin for the rest of my life.
3: I never understood, um, the Crocs with the holes in them as, like, uh, healthcare footwear because, um... As a healthcare professional, I cannot tell you how many times someone has beat on the feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Have you ever tried like your material out on patients? Like you know, you happen to run into somebody that's having like you know just a very grumpy patient. No one likes dealing with them, and you're like, well, maybe I can turn this one around.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got a
0: whole set for patients. I know. <laughs> oh, no kidding. That's amazing. How how? What's the success rate on that particular bit of material?
3: Um, you, know, you know, strikes and gutters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, is it
1: specific to how they entered the hospital? Do you have some for like chemo patients and some for maybe broken arm?
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> that, that hot sprained wrist joke? <laughs>
3: yeah 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 well you know you get a one good hot spring wrist joke you've heard them all yeah
1: yeah <laughs> that's been mined pretty thoroughly
3: yeah everybody's got a spring wrist joke uh no yeah definitely um something works with one cancer patient but surely it'll work with <laughs> this is my, all my hot oncology <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, to bring it full circle, have you ever bombed for a cancer patient? <laughs> They're just like, that's worse than the cancer. You gave me cancer again.
3: <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, from what I understand, cancer is uh, pretty terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've heard.
3: <laughs> mm, hit or miss. <laughs> Oh, man. I hope this comedy goes into remission.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If I had cancer, that'd get me. I think that would that would brighten my day. (laughs) Good.
3: Good. I'll have to write that one down. (laughs) A lot of a lot of these patients are older as well. So, um, you know, you got a a popular one that I tell them is um, why did John Wayne adopt a wiener dog? Because he wanted to get a long little
0: doggy. <laughs> oh, I bet that just, just yeah. like home run with all the older folks. They
3: love it.
0: Of course they do. Oh, man. I wish my grandpa was still alive. I would tell him that joke right now. You know, I would stop doing this podcast. I'd be like, hold on, guys. I got to call my grandpa because he him- would just love this to pieces. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Trust me your everyone's grandpa's love. You it. know,
0: that had a creepy tone to it that I'm yep. I'm I'm weirdly okay with.
3: It was supposed <laughs> to <be> completely intentional.
0: <laughs> Mission accomplished. So what else? What what uh, um, I know you've bombed more than twice. It's been 5 years in a comedy career. I guarantee what's the longest you've driven to just completely eat it on stage?
3: Oh, uh, my friend Carson and I, one time drove eight hundred miles.
1: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> oh my god, that's the whole country!
0: Oh. <laughs> Holy crap, that's it like sixteen hours. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's amazing.
0: Where did you go? Where were you headed?
3: So it was a it was a thing where we there was like we had set up kind of a little run through like the South and uh, Midwest and stuff. Um, and we like, we're, we were, there were supposed to be other shows like surround, we were we went out to Kansas city and we were supposed to like go to somewhere on the way there and somewhere on the way back that was going to make this make sense.
2: Gotcha. Um,
3: and one of those shows got canceled and, um, but we were still like supposed to do the show in Kansas City. <laughs> it, like it was kind of we 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 were gonna like get to split an hour to do. like, oh nice. So this was it was a pretty you know big deal to get to do this much time or whatever. So right. we were both like, okay, so we either cancel this and like kind of put this venue in a lurch and not do the show and not get to do like a big chunk of time and everything. We're like, fuck it, what else are we doing? You know, this is what we set this whole two weeks aside of our lives to do, so let's do it. We drove from um where did we drive from? We drove from Nashville to Kansas City and then we had to be back in Birmingham. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) And it was seriously like eight hundred (laughs) miles when the show when we got to the show in Kansas City. Three
1: people showed up. What was the venue? Was it just a bar or a...
3: Um, it was a like a, a small like theater, a little black box theater, probably like would normally seat like forty or fifty people.
1: Okay, so those three people are super comfortable. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Got so room it to stretch like, out. This was gonna be an amazing show anyway, but we're thinking, you know, 10, 15, 20 people. Uh, you got to make those opportunities for yourself. I right. So right. <laughs> uh, they were a really good audience. So they were very attentive and like into into the show. Um, but good lord, I've never wasted so much time <laughs> <laughs> driving to the middle of goddamn nowhere so that I could turn around and drive to the other middle of nowhere. <laughs>
0: So so you guys split an hour. So you did 30 minutes in front of three people. Did you mm-hmm. just do the same 10 minutes directed at each <laughs> one of them personally? Because I think I might have tried that if I was in that situation. But like, you know what, let's whittle this down to the pure golden nuggets and we'll just give each of them their own personal experience that they can yeah. wait in line for. <laughs> no,
3: it's it kind of fun because I, I was, you got to be a little, when it's a smaller crowd like that, you get to be a little more conversational, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of Be like what do you, you guys want to hear a story about XYZ Or do you guys want what, to What were you doing before here What should I do when I leave here That kind of thing
1: For, yeah, for yeah, half yeah. an hour for three people <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wasn't all I did. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: they stayed the whole time, right? right. They did stay the whole time. That's amazing that you guys kept three people in a theater for that long, for two people.
3: (laughs) Believe me, no one would have been mad at them (laughs)
0: So, oh, man. That's it, that's amazing.
3: I felt so bad for the venue owner, and she felt really bad for us.
0: <laughs> like, Just a mutual malaise yeah. amongst everyone. It's like, well, you know, no, none of us wanted it to go this way.
3: But it sure did. It sure did. Yeah. And she, like, you know, it's supposed to be like a door split or whatever. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: I it can't all... pay you, but you can literally take the door. Uh, <laughs> that's the best I can give you at this point. Uh, I hope it fits in your Camaro. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what? We still ended up breaking even on that tour. Yeah. Um not on that
2: particular yeah i figured
3: <laughs> <laughs> but with
0: all the other things the rest of it yeah
3: overall we broke even and that is what i call success in touring and comedy yeah
0: yeah, For comedy, yeah. if that you come is home success. and you're not in debt it's like you know what that wasn't bad that was a fine what? way to spend time yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh. What's the largest crowd that you've you've bombed in front of? Because I mean, obviously three people, that's pretty that's that's probably one of the smallest yeah. crowds to bomb in front of.
3: That was definitely the smallest. Um I probably that the condom fashion show at the IU Auditorium, that was a few hundred people. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I didn't wasn't... realize
0: it was that big.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh wow Huge
3: um, i full of people Who were sick of my shit <laughs> <laughs> Probably not there for me How did oh, you get word. involved
1: With rocket ship comedy
3: Oh just uh, You know being a fan And a looker's on uh. yeah.
1: You come long enough They're like hey you want to start putting up chairs And stuff <laughs>
3: kind of one of those things where it's like the moment you get tired uh i I don't like running up in my uh like that so people would stay and run it for like a year two years and then they'd be like, hey i'm either like moving or i do not have the um like gumption to continue doing this um so I, i guess it was just my turn to run the monday show
1: oh right being the booker for comedy is kind of like the okay, you're putting in grunt work a little bit because. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> so that's kind of like the first place to get involved in kind uh, of in comedy mm-hmm. work. Do the job no one wants. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then from there I kind of um, graduated, I guess, a little bit. Uh, I just was like, "Hey, I'm done listening to people tell their first poop joke." Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even that was good too because it, it really forced me to go to like um, that uh, like that was my thing that I would be like okay I want a new five minutes for this you know right, right yeah because that had to it
0: pushes be. you outside the comfort zone of like well you know this is a new room new folks yeah. they've never heard this before
3: right exactly yeah like you know same people all the time so. Uh, yeah, and then from there kind of graduated to helping um, with uh, some of their other stuff, the Sunday show. And, um, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you guys almost sound like the evil things from The Dark Crystal. Skeksis. Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, I... Uh, I've been going to the drive-in a bunch this summer because there's nothing else to do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yarp.
3: And two weeks ago my friend and I went to see the Muppet movie and then the second movie they were showing was The
1: That's fantastic.
3: <laughs> only people. <laughs> Like made it about fifteen minutes and they were like, "Nope, we're out of here." (laughs) I'm
0: tired of watching Jim Jim Henson's Acid (laughs) Trip. Give me more regular Muppets. I don't like this.
3: Yeah, (laughs) or like people had their kids there. Which, first of all, the drive-in doesn't even start till nine thirty because it doesn't get dark till then. Right. and so the first movie was the Muppet movie, which okay. And then but then you're gonna keep your kids up till eleven o'clock at night to watch the dark crystal.
1: Yeah, so they can yeah. have nightmares for a week. Make sure
2: they have <laughs> nightmares. Oh yeah. my gosh.
1: It's two AM and this reptile just killed a beloved doll creature. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they're fighting over
2: a rock <laughs> i don't remember the movie that Amazing. well but
1: i swear one of them turns to the camera and says war is hell at some point <laughs> i think that's part of it
0: <laughs> you oh. know that's a lesson you want to teach your kids early on war is hell absolutely. Um, because the sooner that they understand that the better you know uh <laughs> y- you want to you want that message ingrained before they hit junior high for sure absolutely yeah, it, it'll allow them to understand how to deal with uh, their junior high bullies. Um, and if they turn into junior high bullies, it will teach them how to bully better. It's just a general good message for all the kids of America or yeah. the world, really.
3: You're right. Do you...
1: All the kids that listen to this podcast are gonna love that.
3: Why did you let us rent that movie? <laughs> <laughs> this is scary. <laughs>
0: Oh man. So, do you have any experiences like pre-comedy while you were still in like, you know, just the performance side of things where thing, you know, not necessarily like a a a textbook bomb, but just a situation where something went horribly awry or or just something went just bat dung wrong? Mm, mm,
3: mm. Uh, probably? so
1: i i'm always confused like with other performing arts in comedy you know you're doing well because people laugh and it's really obvious if they don't right but if you're like playing music or at a theater it's like i guess they get restless how do you know you're bombing when you're doing a play
3: (laughs) uh yeah yeah, I think you, it's not like an obvious energy exchange as with laughter, but yeah, you can definitely are like not paying attention, or they're not into it, um, or you have to wait till the very end when they applaud, and they can tell they tell you that. No.
1: Oh, that was a lot of fun for just me, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They bring the cast out to do the final bow, and there's just like, everyone bows and looks up, and everyone's gone. You're like, when did everyone leave?
1: Somebody stands up and is like, hey, he's not Oliver Twist.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: Oh. OK, so Christmas Eve a few years ago, I was home from college um, and I was supposed to sing Oh Holy Night at uh, Christmas Eve church service, which is like the Super Bowl of, you know, church singing, you know, right, right. Bi- biggest Christmas song on the biggest Christmas di- night, you know. So um, and not a song that I am great at singing. I'm going to, I'm going to just put out there that it was like, it's <laughs> a little out of my range. I can, you know, if all the stars are aligned just correctly, I can hit that really high note, but it's it, it, it very honestly kind of hit or miss. And all right. that week, um, I was kind of losing my voice. And so I was like, God, this is going to sound terrible. And it's not going to be good. Um, so, fast forward to Christmas Eve day, and we all go over to my uncle's house to have like family Christmas. And then we're supposed to go home that night, you know, take a shower, get ready for church, go to church, and, um, I'm supposed to sing a song. There, and my uncle lives in Lafayette. There was a big snowstorm that made it like getting, driving back, um, like had really slowed, slowed traffic down. And so we were running late, getting back. And I, before I'd left my uncle's house, he was like, here, let me give you something to help you feel, help your throat feel better. So he, he makes me like a, a thermos of like a, a hot toddy. Um, and I'm just like sipping on that all the way back home thinking, um, not, not realizing how long we're, we we've been in the car now. Um, and I'm I'm just getting drunk at this point, <laughs> very very drunk on on hot toddy in the car
1: the night before the performance
3: the the moments before the performance. <laughs> oh. I, yeah, we're 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 driving back. We get stuck in the snowstorm. There's going to be no time to like go home and shower and change into your church clothes. I have just to uh, go like right out the car.
1: Yeah, no hot towel.
3: <laughs> no. Yeah, I, Right to, right to the and so I, I get up there to, do, to sing the song and I'm looking out over this like serene you know church uh, sanctuary full of people you know lit by the candlelights and everything is just like closing in on. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I sing the song and I do it exactly right. I, I do exact, I, I hit the note that I would have been so worried about, about, uh, about nailed hitting. it, nailed it, <laughs> nailed it, get off stage, or, or you know, leave the, the area where I was I, I say It's not a stage. <laughs> um, and I go like back around the corner and this, this church has like a preschool in it, like during the week. And so they've got like this little um, bathroom with a toilet that is like literally six feet off the floor and I just go in there and just like puke in this. <laughs> <laughs> and then lay down and like it's low enough to the ground that I'm like laying on my side and my head is resting on the toilet.
1: <laughs> You're just humming Oh holy night to yourself.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Come back up later and my mom was like, Good job, that was really good. I was, like, was it? <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, yeah. oh. that was my big non-comedy bomb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see, but I don't, as you're telling the story, like I wouldn't even classify that as a bomb. You nailed the performance.
3: I did. I did. But everything You good- just behind the scenes. Right, right.
0: You just had a terrible time post-show. Like a lot of great
1: performers, you just (laughs) kept it together on stage and immediately passed out drunk right after the show. (laughs) Yeah.
0: If that's not a perfect example of stage wellness... I don't know what is. I don't know what is. And if you don't know what stage wellness is, it's this weird phenomenon that performers have that like you could have the flu literally the day of a performance and the moment that you get on stage for those five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever you have to be up there to handle your business. You pull you, it. you just pull it together. <laughs> exactly. You're on point, which is which I, I, I have this weird theory that I don't really think DL Hughley passed out from COVID because I think stage wellness would have carried him through even if he couldn't breathe. But I mean, I don't know. I, I'm kind of a tinfoil hat, not uh, a <laughs> nonsense person. I uh, think
3: that is a testament to how serious COVID is. That ah, see, look at you having
0: the proper perspective. Yes. Yeah, that's yep. that's how we that's the takeaway. COVID is powerful enough to take over the phenomenon that actually gets all performers through performances. Bingo, I like it.
2: There you
0: go. <laughs> so Gwen, before we get before we wrap up the last little bit here, do you have any other stories that come to mind? Any other fun times where things were just like, well, that wasn't how that was supposed to go.
1: Pass out after any other shows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: doing the lord's work any other times that you were hammered um,
3: well, um one time i was in the musical greece um
1: <laughs> cool. and that just seems like method acting
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wish. no i was playing uh the principal um in greece um coveted role <laughs> <laughs> in the stage production of greece there's like a like the principal is reading some sort of statement like it's a high school reunion or something kind of thing and right. it like cuts away to the big like first performance number so i uh, you know i'm standing on the stage reading my delivering my lines as the principal and i'm wearing these like great big character glasses or whatever and then um someone is supposed to come out and we're supposed to the podium that i'm standing at we're supposed to like lift off stage and get off stage before all these flippers and dancers come through or whatever so we have to like move kind of fast and the one night of the performance he picks the podium up and just shoves it into my face oh no yeah but so these character glasses like break on my eye
2: Ah.
3: (laughs) And I just got like this enormous black eye for the, the show. I'm just walking around. Hey, aren't you guys supposed to be in detention?
1: <laughs> Did you try to like come up with a line for that? Or do you just keep moving?
3: No, just moving.
2: <laughs>
1: Pretend like it didn't this happen. This principal has a troubled home life. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: uh, Maybe you're not asking so many questions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Oh man. Well, Gwen, where can people find you? Do you have social medias to plug? Do you have, uh, up, upcoming, uh, you know, uh, outdoors, socially distanced shows that you might be on? What's, what's happening in your life?
3: What's ha- I, well, people can always find me on the internet, um, at Gwenderwoman woman on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm going like, to talk about the Sunday show earlier. Um, I might be uh that's that's really about all I've got coming up honestly. Um going to be in the funniest person in Indianapolis contest at Helium um August. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Vote for me there if you want.
0: Uh, can we mail in the votes for that contest cuz I'll mm-hmm. definitely send one in for you. 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 you have to be oh yeah. Oh. Trump did away
1: with that one too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not safe to vote by
3: mail. (laughs) Voter fraud. In the funniest person in any
1: It's rampant, (laughs) especially in these (laughs) these comedy
3: competitions.
1: (laughs) Keep it fair and balanced.
0: Oh shoot, Gwen, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. This has been so
1: much fun. (laughs)
3: Best of luck. We'll talk to you soon.